0: Two super wealthy Canadians were found in a bedroom of their Montreal mansion, each shot at close range. Police were not called until the next day. A coroner's investigation was opened and closed just hours later. The bodies buried just 48 hours after the gruesome discovery of the incident. The family never discussing the incident, both privately or publicly. This is Season 5, Episode 4, The Redpath Mansion Mystery. It was 1901 in Montreal, and the Redpath family was one of Canada's elite and known as philanthropists and industrialists. They had amassed a fortune by building the Lachine-Iridu canals and founding the Canada Sugar Refining Company in 1854, and also by purchasing large parcels of land in Montreal, Quebec and Toronto. Redpath, to date, remains one of the largest sugar manufacturers and distributors in the world. In 1901, the Redpaths belonged to the English-speaking elite of Montreal's wealthiest neighbourhood and owned a large three-storey mansion at 1065 Sherbrooke Street. John James Redpath and his wife Ada had five children and they were a close family going to church together, school together, and business together. Besides their extraordinary wealth, they seemed like a quiet family who tended to their own affairs. But everything would change on June 13th, 1901, at the supper hour. John and Ada's eldest son, Peter, heard gunshots coming from the upstairs bedroom. He rushed upstairs and into the first bedroom. There he found a ghastly scene. His mother lay on the floor, blood flowing from her wounds. Then he saw his younger brother, Clifford, just 25 years old, huddled against the wall, bleeding out from an apparent gunshot wound. But this is where things get muddy. Even though several servants were in the house, they did not come to aid or call the police to report the crime. After about 30 minutes... Peter brought Clifford, who was still alive but unconscious, to a nearby hospital. Unfortunately, doctors and surgeons were not able to save his life. The hospital staff finally convinced Peter that he should notify the police of the incident, and police and a coroner were called to let them know about the incident. However, Peter somehow convinced the police not to come to the home. At this time, Ada's body was moved to her bed and covered up in awaiting transportation to the funeral parlor. The bloody floor was mopped and the room tidied up by the servant staff. Police never visited the home where the crimes had occurred, but a coroner had opened an investigation, but then closed it just hours later. Ada and Clifford were buried the next day in a family plot. Buried along with them was the story and the truth of what had happened at Redpath Mansion. The Redpath family never wanted a full investigation into the deaths, never spoke of the incident either publicly or privately thereafter. They simply wanted it erased from their family history. At this time, I would like to take a quick break to tell you about a website that allows you to search for the cheapest car rentals. Searching for the cheapest and best car rental just got a whole lot easier. Rent from the big brands you know and trust and easily find the best rate without the hassle. You can rent a car in over 53,000 locations in over 160 different countries. You get the same great cars, but at a lower price. There are no booking fees or hidden costs. You're using the world's largest car rental agency and most rentals come with free cancellation. Booking is easy and secure. Within minutes, you will have the best rental car options at the best price. If you need to make any changes to your booking, each booking comes with free amendments and phone support. You are basically getting the same great rental cars at discounts of up to 70% off. No one else can compare to the selection and price. To find the cheapest car rental, visit www.experiencethis360.com. At the top links, you will see a link called Best Travel Deals. Click that and use the drop-down menu that reads Best Rate Car Rental. Links will also be available in the show notes. Again, that's www.experiencethis360.com. Now back to the podcast. So what happened at Red Path Mansion? Some speculate the secretiveness of the family as a result of two family illnesses. Clifford had epilepsy, which at that time was little understood and greatly feared. Some at that time feared it was the devil's work. Ada also suffered from an illness no one quite understood back then. She would often cry, be locked up in a room, have no interest in activities or even food. By all accounts, she had severe depression. Today, armchair detectives believe that Clifford had shot his mother to death, and then turned the gun on himself in a murder-suicide plot. But even though this is a popular belief, if we dig deeper we find that this really doesn't have much motive behind it. Clifford was a respectable student studying law, and only two days before his death had submitted an application to write the bar examination. He was getting excellent grades, and was extremely excited to start working as a solicitor. So what would be his motive in killing his own mother and then taking his own life? Clifford was the only remaining child at home at the time and was responsible for managing the family fortune and estate. He is said to be a devoted child who cared for his mother as an adult. He would travel with her on vacation, keep her company, and read to her during her flare-ups of ill health. He would nurse her back to health during colds and flus. If money was a motivation, Clifford already had the reins on the family fortune, and surely suicide isn't an end game in such a plan. Perhaps he was tired of caring for his elderly, depressed mother, and once he killed her, felt remorse and then shot himself. Others believe that Ada had shot Clifford and then committed suicide, but why would a mother kill her own son who is so caring and devoted towards her? She had plans for that evening, having invited guests over for a dinner party. If murder and suicide were planned, it was a spontaneous decision. Amy Redpath, the eldest child and only daughter, raised some eyebrows by being controlling at the scene of the crime. She maintained that once the room had been cleaned and the bodies removed, that no one be allowed in the bedroom. The Redpath fortune remained in the family with Peter, Amy, and several uncles acting as financial advisors. The official investigation was sealed at the time, but later it was made public declaring that Clifford, unaware of his actions and temporarily insane due to his epileptic seizure, had murdered his mother and then turned the gun on himself. The official investigation does not reveal any facts, but makes this conclusion within three sentences. Peter Redpath's statement to investigators was found, and it reads, Yesterday evening, I saw my brother, the deceased, arriving home at around six o'clock. He seemed ill and was tired, working hard to prepare for his bar exams. He went up to his room of my mother, Ada Marie Mills, age 62, and a few seconds later, I heard a shot from a firearm, followed by two others. I ran up and broke down the door. I saw my mother lying on the floor, and several feet from her, my brother, also lying in a pool of blood, a revolver a foot away from him, near his hand. My brother had been very nervous for some time. Dr. R. Campbell, who was present to confirm the deaths, told police, I found the two bodies. I saw two revolvers. The young man's wound was to his left temple. That of the deceased was to the back of her head. Rosa Shallow, a house servant, told investigators, I heard the shots went up right away after Mr. Peter Redpath and saw the two bodies a few feet from each other on the floor. I saw two revolvers near Mr. Clifford Redpath. So what occurred in that bedroom so long ago? Was it a murder-suicide? And why use two revolvers? One revolver had two empty casings while the other just one even though both revolvers were fully loaded. Was a murder-suicide and the family health such importance that it demanded secrecy? The official documents conclude it was a murder-suicide, yet officially, the suicide theory is not documented in the records. In fact, no suicide was recorded for the year 1901 in Montreal. Amy Redpath left no rationale for her decision to continue living in the house where her brother and her mother were shot dead. She certainly had the resources to live elsewhere. Indeed, all of her siblings and most of her extended family had left the square mile by the First World War. She was one of the last square mile denizens to remain as the area welcomed a new set of wealthy families, whose former mansions are now used as embassies, belonged to McGill University. Amy Redpath lived a private life within the Redpath Mansion and in 1954 she passed away in her bed. The Redpath home was then open to the public and an auction of its contents took place. The house was then demolished just two years later and on its grounds a nondescript building high-rise was built. Throughout Montreal, there are several Redpath Mansion sites, and even though these buildings are connected to the Redpath family, they are not where this tragedy and the mystery had taken place. Several ghost hunting groups have gone to different house locations in the 1990s and 2000s and said to have collected evidence of a haunting due to the Redpath Mansion deaths. All of these sites are now demolished, yet their legacy of being haunted live on. The Red Path Mansion mystery also lives on as one of Canada's most unusual mysteries. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Sillard. Mattia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kohlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.